When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, Tuesday night, footy Tinder is back. If you wanted to get swiping, you can do so on the biggest opinions. We'll swipe left, we'll swipe right, and Scotty Sattler will preview the final round of the NRL season. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to the Sporting Capital. Wonderful to have your company, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, right around the country on the SEN network. Uh, we can uh, converse, we can talk, we can chat about anything you'd like uh, if you want to play some footy Tinder. This is uh, where we uh, swipe left and right uh, on the biggest opinions in footy, on some of the more interesting topics in footy. Jordan Canellis is standing by, ready to go for that. You can call one 736 736 on the Harcourts open line. You'll move your Harcourts, or you can text in at any stage, 0433-981116. The Temper 40 Winks text line, consumer choice winner, Temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases, conforms to the exact shape of your body. Uh, righto, let's get started. I do enjoy a bit of footy tinder. On the Sporting Capital, it's time to start swiping with footy tinder. Very simple. Jordan Canellis comes in, presents some statements that have been made by some of the biggest names in footy, and we swipe left if we disagree. We swipe right if we agree. If you've ever been on Tinder or any dating app, you swipe left if you don't wish to pursue a date with someone, and you swipe right if you do. So you left if you don't like, right if you do like, and you get one super like a day. Uh, you keep that, uh, you use that sparingly because if you use it and you try to use it again, then you'll have to start paying. And once you start paying for Tinder, that's a slippery slope. Uh, Jordan Canellis, hello, mate. Hello, Sam. How are we? Yeah, great. Uh, great to have you back in. Um, where are we starting, please? Let us start with the uh, Geelong v Collingwood final this upcoming weekend with Nathan Buckley on the Cats record. It's going to be about the start, predominantly for Geelong. I see this is largely a 50-50 game, but Geelong uh, need to get off to a good start. They are one in from their last seven of qualifying finals, two of eight. Um, Hang on, let's just take that. When you told me that this morning, I, I knew they hadn't had great records, so they've only won one of their last seven qualifying, qualifying finals. finals. So this is the thing, right? This, so when you're talking about Geelong, I'm, I'm, not getting, I'm just expanding on what you're saying. Chris Scott is I, – I love Chris Scott. I love what they do. And I can't understand the negativity, although I think there's less and less of it these days. But 
he puts his side in the beautiful position every year, gives them a chance. But they've only won one of that first final. They have, and and that was um, a two seven. point a two point win against Hawthorne back in two thousand sixteen. So the last two have been games away at Adelaide Oval and Port Adelaide have knocked them over. Yep. But two of the last three, they've been jumped right. in these games. So there is a psychological element to this and it will be spoken about as we get closer to the game. And as a coach, a former coach, you, you, ha- you ha- will bristle. But you, the coach will, will bristle. Well, Chris Scott's got every right to bristle about it. But, but, it, but the fact is, you can't go away from seven. it. Yeah, Ooh. Mm. So the question heated is discussion. the heated discussion. The heated uh, question, or the heated that was a heated discussion. The question is, do Geelong have the most to prove? So off the back of all these these uh, these records with uh, in the Chris Scott era, do Geelong have the most to prove uh, in the Chris Scott era in this final series? I was quite right on that. I, I feel like when they go into this game because of that track record that Bucks has mentioned. Mm-hmm that they are probably the team under the most pressure alongside Brisbane. Yep, yep. It's funny, isn't it? Because you would think the reigning premiers would be in that basket. But I think the general consensus has been for a lot of people this year that given they finished two games on top of the ladder, that rightly so, they go in as premiership favourites. So as premiership favourites, the most pressure is on you. And Brisbane, with their track record in finals over the last four years, that's under pressure as well. The last time these two teams played, the game was just mind-blowing in its swings and roundabouts, like Collingwood Carlton was in round 23. Uh, at half-time, Carlton, uh, Geelong had a five-point lead. What round was it? This is uh, back in round three. Okay. So after half-time, Collingwood come out and kick nine goals one uh, to three goals two and have a 30-point lead going into the final term. Geelong... Then kick seven two oh, that's to right. one behind. Is that a Friday night game? Just steal it. Uh, it Friday or Thursday? Saturday night. Oh, okay, it was, Saturday. it was a night game. I remember that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't think there'll be that vicious a swing. No, I don't think. F- uh, but your start is important because if you if you if you keep the door ajar for Collingwood, they've proven eight times this year. I think it is that they can come back from three goals. Mm-hmm. Or more down. I was going to so, say finals doesn't lend itself to that kind of momentum swings, but it, it might. But the teams play more defensive. Do you think in finals? Are they well, the teams have, but that was my point in the Macca's run. I'm a little bit worried that we're building ourselves up for for what we're hoping is like on the you know great first round you mm-hmm. know first week of finals weeks in recent memory. Recent memory shows us that you know only nine of twenty four in the pre finals by era have been three goals or under margins and only six have been two goals or under margins. And four of those four of the three goals and under happened in the one year in twenty twenty. So mm. hasn't been a great opening stanza for finals, but the optimism is that footy has changed in this last year. Yes. And that change might give us more exciting games. The next one is Gil McLaughlin on the time slot of this Geelong Collingwood final. We've been playing on Saturday afternoon in the first week of the finals for 100 years. So, you know, there's, there's, uh, there is that. So Geelong, Thursday, Friday, their request to be Saturday so their supporters can get there easily from Geelong and they finish top so that carries a lot of weight. And frankly, at 4.30, it's late in the day we can do it without be able to get them back. You could, you know, the Perth game... No. Should, should, no. Hang on. Should, should this final even be the Saturday twilight game? You've had the best team all season long, Geelong... 
and you've got the most exciting and right now the most watchable team in Collingwood. Should this game have even been Twilight at all? Should it have been the Friday night game? Should it be the Friday night game? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I swipe right to that. Yeah. I've never seen a team as disadvantaged for coming first as Geelong. Now, I know Geelong asked for it, but I don't know if they asked. I mean, maybe Geelong asked for it. So in that sense, I guess I'm sort of contradicting myself. That is true. They they, they finish top of the ladder. Um, They don't get a home final. Um, there were two games clear. They don't get home. They don't get anything. They actually get a, they get an away game for finishing on top of the ladder. They did ask for this, so you 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 know ask and you shall receive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. We haven't been playing at a four thirty five time slot ever that I can remember. In a final. In a final. No, and why? And and do we, people tell me is there a reason you can't get in here? I mean, why can't it be two ten? In fact, yeah. I'm going to contradict myself again. Not for not for quality. We've, had, we've had prelim I, finals have been for. I don't want it. I don't want it to be two ten because I, I, people got upset. that country footy yeah. tends to get a look in, given a lot of country footy leagues and metro leagues and suburban leagues are playing their first week of finals this week, and normally the games are of a night time, mm-hmm. so that means that they can then get some clear air for people to head along. So I am all over the place on this, but it's just a weird time slot. Um, Yes, Geelong might have asked for it, but but Geelong fans have travelled up the highway before. Not that they should have to, by the way, but that's a different conversation. But Geelong fans, can you tell me off the text, 0433981116, why is 4.35 the best time slot for you? I mean, yeah. I think it's going to be a sellout, just about. So why, why wouldn't have Geelong requested a Friday night game? Well, they're saying it's so that they can get as... Their fear was it'll end up being, you know, a predominantly Collingwood crowd. Oh, because the people would be turned away from travelling back... Late yeah, at late at night. Yeah, okay, fair. But it's an hour, isn't it? Surely you would, and it's a it's a weekend the next day. Surely you'd make the sacrifice. Okay, you got to stay up an hour later on a Friday night, but yeah, you're doing right. it to go to a qualifying final. It just got, it all seems a bit odd. Day. It just all mm. seems a bit odd. That start time. What do we got next? Uh, David King on the pre-finals buy. I like the buy pre-grand final because I'm worried about concussion. Mm. So I just like if Papley wasn't able to play this week. It's a severe impact to Sydney. I understand that, but if he's not able to play in a grand final, well, then that's uh, that, that's just that's just not on, is it? I mean, we, we've made these rules the twelve day the twelve day protocol. So let's let's give players the opportunity to still be part of the grand final celebrations and, and game day if they can. Should we do as the Americans do and have a pre grand final by? Yes, what right to that? I don't. So I get torn, and I was yesterday talking about how I sit on the fence and get splinters about the pre-finals by because I I think there's valid arguments on both sides. Yeah. I like that the AFLW gets clean air. I like that it gives players a freshen up. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jerry Whateley presented the stats to say that there is numbers to back up that it does disadvantage those who win straight th- win straight through the qualifying to the prelim. Uh, it's one game in four weeks, and you play your second game at the end of a four week cycle. Um, I I spoke about how none of the games have been great. You know, well, mm. nine of the games have been three goals or under coming off that bye. So I see the arguments for and against. Uh, I see that Geelong are going to have five players who are going to be right to play that probably wouldn't have been last week. I think there's a couple yeah. from most teams. It gave Dusty Martin another week. So I love the idea of having the best players available. Um, but I think if I had to be pushed on it one way or the other, I'd say no. We'll, we'll find a way to give AFLW clean air and promote it as you know as as brilliantly and boldly and and front and center as we can, 
But I do like the preview. I don't want to ever see a player miss. And I know people say a concussion is no different to any other injury. I don't. I don't know why, but I just don't agree with that. I would like to see a week just everybody to get themselves right yep. before the ground. You can have a ward season. You could have EJ Witten game. You could do all kinds of things. Um, in that week off, but I think especially with concussion protocols, I'm with Kingy. Um, you give people a chance to make sure they can play in a GF. Yeah, it's the it's the you balance up what you what you think will benefit the the game more. So having a pre finals buy, so before the the week one of the finals, gives every team a chance to freshen up. But what that does do is it allows the really good teams to freshen up as well, and therefore they would go in as you know you'd think they would be heavier favourites and be given a better chance to beat the teams ranked lower than them if you are the higher ranked team in your in your given finals so for example 5v8 5 would have a really big a much bigger advantage i would think ahead of the 8th team if you've got that week to freshen up if you don't have a week to freshen up before the finals things stay level so or things you, you carry on from the home and away season and it just becomes part of the the challenge to go from playing a home and away match in round 23 to then going straight into the next week of the of the finals and it's just it's the journey that carries through and you have to be fit enough to try and do that but before the grand final you want to have as good a grand final spectacle as you can give both teams in the grand final the best chance to play as best as they can but also just to have as many big night no- like we're, that's, again that's entertainment what, industry you want the best hand. players playing yeah yeah so that, that I, I i agree with you there i'm, I'm okay with it. and i think you can fill it if you're smart and I don't think does you lose it lose momentum. momentum though? No, not not to going into a grand final. It, I believe there is the argument to say it does lose momentum, and and we can point to ticket sales and everything like that. They're finals; they're going to sell. It's not, but they're not going to sell more tickets because there was an extra week to get them. Maybe that might help the websites not crash. I don't know, but people <laughs> were still going to want to go. Yeah, uh, I think it, it does ruin momentum. Not ruin, but it does slow down the momentum going into finals. I don't think it does going into the grand final. I think you can fill up that whole week with every award season uh, award presentation night that you want to have with the Brownlow and all that. Uh, it can have the EJ game come back. You can find a way to fill it. Um, what's next? Uh, let's play the one on the parade off the back of that from uh, Gil McLaughlin talking about the revamped parade. That Friday, uh, I'm optimistic there'll be hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. Public holiday, uh, the footy festival, uh, there's a lot to do. There's women's football and obviously the two premiership teams going down the Yarra and then, as I said, jumping in some Toyotas and, and driving to the MCG. And and you can see at the moment everyone has missed their football in this town and it's playing. So a revamped grand final parade, is that a, is that a sign, is that a telltale sign that the parade has run its race? I don't know. I think I'll swipe left on that. I don't know if it's run its race. I just think that they're trying to do something a little different. I will say, though, that there is a big difference in lining up along a street to see a car go past directly in front of you than it is to be on a riverbank with a boat going down the middle that you're sort of squinting, maybe yeah. take the binoculars <laughs> down there, and you might not even have a clue who's there waving at you. Um, look, it's different. I mean, can yeah. we? Is there any other way? Is there any other type of transportation that we can get the a hot air balloon? Can we balloon past can, the high rises? Can them we, on a do it, do it, put them on a float, decorate a float. Oh, they're like the new, uh, like the the New York Thanksgiving Day yeah, Parade. Yeah. There we go. Decorate with some flowers or whatever they. No, do. I don't know. Hot air balloon. I mean, it's just planes, <laughs> trains, and automobiles. I mean, it's Steve Martin and yeah. John Candy, uh, rest in peace. Um, uh, Maybe we can do that as well. Uh, you've got a couple more to do after the break. Uh, a couple off the text. Um, 0433 98 11 16. 
Uh, like it, boys. Grand final parade weekend before awards week. Also keeps the momentum of the regular season into the first final. Steam has gone out a bit. Yeah, I think um, if you put awards week in that in that pre grand final week, I think that's yeah. fine. Uh, and Alex says, put the VFL Grand Final in that week too. I think you yes. could make a feature of VFL Grand Final, NAB League Grand Finals. Stand for, uh, cool. Maybe even play an all-star under-18s game from all around Australia, put two teams yep. together. You know, we've got the draft in November. So there is a ton of stuff that you can do and maybe shine a lot on the other football mm-hmm. um, uh, in and around the place. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. I like the one you've got next. It's the Volcano, but we'll do that on Footy Tinder uh, after this. You're listening to The Sporting Capital with Sam. Hargraves on SEN. Uh, we're playing some footy tinder on a Tuesday night. Jordan Canellis is in with us, swapping left or swapping right on some of the biggest statements from the biggest names in footy. JK, who's next? I love Kane Corns. Uh, this Who is, doesn't? This is what he had to say about Essendon players on a footy trip. Hang on. Let me just uh, wind that up again. Get that rolling. Still, still on Essendon, and the only successful thing the Essendon players have planned this year is a footy trip. So it was really surprised to see a large-scale footy trip that I thought were extinct about 10 years ago. And our clubs really dislike and advise their players not to do trips like this because of the risk that you are to get yourself into trouble. So there's the 30-odd players heading across to Ibiza, I think it is, in Spain there. Um, it would be a warning to them not to get themselves into any trouble. Now, I would have... Mm, not getting themselves into trouble. It sounds like he's suggesting that they maybe should after stay the away. Year they've had, after the year they've had and everything that's gone on, he suggests that they should have stayed in town and gone to Essendon's first ever AFLW game uh, and maybe shown their support for the club there um, and maybe kept a little bit more of a low profile um, and may, uh, after the year that they'd had. Do the Essendon players deserve to go on a footy trip? Oh... Uh, Oh, see, now you've stumped me with the question. Yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah, because I would have said, sorry, Kane, but their, their time is theirs and how they want to spend their off-season is theirs. If that's what you choose to do, if you don't think after the year that you've had that there is a that you could be doing something more or something better, um, that's up to you. But do they deserve it? After making finals the year before, gee, I'm going to have to swap left and say you, they don't deserve. But, but it's not about deserve. It's that they're, in, they're allowed to. Yeah. So so they're absolutely allowed to go on a footy trip. And we can't tell players what they can and can't do in their off-season. You just can't go down that path because they'll start to resent it. It's up to the players themselves whether they decide that their pre-season will be spent um, or their off-season will be spent fine-tuning, getting better, looking for ways to, to be better. That's up to them. That's about how far you want to go uh, and how many, you know, not leaving any stone unturned. That's up to the individual. So, yeah, they're absolutely allowed to. I think... I think can't I, tell them not to. I think, yeah, I think anyone deserves to go on a holiday. I think you can completely separate that from... Going on a holiday, you can separate that from the, the, the year you just had on a football field. I think they can be two exclusive different things. But what you have to ensure is that once you come back, that you are fit and firing and ready to go and you put in a good preseason. And then Dwayne Russell today on the players being consulted for the next coach. The last people you need to be listening to when it comes to picking a coach is the players. That's uh, one group of people I wouldn't be asking if I was the Essendon board. Frank and Monterno. The players. Super like. You like that? Super like. All right. You are on a hiding to nothing. The players, I'm very pro player, but there's one place that they should have absolutely no say in at all, and that is the coach. There are too many players. The same coach that is going to coach them. Too many players have had says in coaches being sacked. They should have no say in the coach that gets hired. You play. That's what you do. 
Okay. Super like. Fair enough. Pipe. Super like the pipe. <laughs> Back with more after this. Sporting Capital. You're listening to the Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. It's been such a hard decision, you know, because... Was it a hard decision? I was wondering Yeah, it's been a very hard decision because I think uh, when you're passionate about something and you love something so much, it's, um, it's always hard to, like, walk away. Sometimes I think it's harder to walk away than to not. Um, and that's been the case for me. And so I've been trying to decide for a little while what to do. But you clearly still love this game. I do. It's part of your DNA, yeah. Yeah, I do. Also, I love it because it keeps you fit, you know, so yeah. that's, yeah. that's a bonus. <laughs> Um, but I was just like, all right, well, I think now's the time. Serena Williams on the farewell lap won her opening round clash at the U.S. Open today. A uh, straight sets win over Danka Kovinic. Uh, I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly, but uh, that's as good as I can do at short notice. Uh, Isla Tomjanovic uh, won her first round match. Uh, Dari Gavrilova, unfortunately, went down in hers on uh, the Aussie women's side of the draw. Uh, and for our Aussie men, uh, Nick Kyrgios and Thanasi Kokonakis, best buds. Kyrgios winning in straight sets. It went to a tiebreaker uh, in the third set. Jordan Thompson came down from two sets to love uh, to beat uh, the Italian Lorenzo Sinego. Uh, and Alex Dimonor uh, got through his first round clash uh, with Filip Krajinovic. Um and there, that's uh, pretty much it for our Aussies. Jonathan Millman went down today. Um, did he? Yeah, he did. Uh, lost it in five sets, uh, unfortunately, for John Millman. Uh, and there's news just coming out of the West. Ryan Daniels uh, from Channel 7 reporting that Nat Fife will miss this Saturday night's elimination final. He ruled out with a hamstring injury that he suffered on Tuesday. Uh, sorry, he suffered at training on Monday. Uh, they can't confirm how many weeks Nat Fife will miss, but that is a massive blow uh, for the Dockers. He didn't play Waffle last week to get him primed and ready uh, for this uh, opening round clash of the finals. It's, he's only played seven matches across the course of the season. That's a big blow. Uh, let's talk some NRL, though. Final round of NRL this weekend, and, and very similar to what we saw in the AFL. The top eight is anything but certain, except for top spot, with Penrith have got wrapped up, uh, looking to go back-to-back this season. But just about every other position is movable and is takeable. So there is some pressure on some sides, and uh, we speak to one man and one man only on this show. Uh, he was the instigator of a Panthers premiership himself. He's a former State of Origin player. Uh, you hear him on Sports Day in Queensland and, and New South Wales. Uh, a big part of the SEN family is Scotty Sattler. Sats, hello, mate. I'm good, Sammy. How are you, Bell? Yeah, very well. Um, before we get into this round, which is going to be an extraordinary culmination of what's been a fantastic NRL season, uh, it's a sad day today for the rugby league community. Um, Paul Green uh, tragically ended his own life recently, as we know. Uh, his funeral was today and his memorial service was today in Brisbane uh, and there was a, a massive turnout of uh, a lot of, well, especially from Queensland point of view, some of the biggest names in the game turned up to pay their respects uh, to a man that they knew and loved and um, his wife spoke about how they met and uh, his kids obviously there uh, as well. Um, so it's a, a day of mourning for rugby league, mate. Yeah, it is. You know, whether you had a close relationship with with Paul Green or not um it's still a sad day to to see another you know another soldier go down I suppose um had a very close connection and a really close group of friends 
in and around the, the region that he grew up with um, and the club that he played for, Winner Manly, where the service was held today and uh, a lot of those people are hurting, a lot of those people are angry, a lot of those people are sad and um, and today was to, to farewell uh, Paul Green and, and also a lot of the good memories around Paul Green and all those great memories from his friends are around are around rugby league and um, his journey from you know, a tiny little halfback playing at William High School and, and going through and winning one of the biggest prizes or the biggest prize in uh, individual prize in rugby league which is the Rossman's Medal. He won the Brisbane Rossman's Medal in the Brisbane Rugby League when the Brisbane Rugby League was really strong and then went down to Sydney two years later and won the the uh, New South Wales Rugby League Best Player of the Year in 1995, I think it was. And I think he's one of the only players to do that. So he's a special little player and then forged his way into coaching. Had really good coaching success too, Sammy. He was um, assistant coach at the Broncos when they won the comp in 2006. He was not long retired. And then he uh, then coached the Winter Manly Seagulls, his home club, to back-to-back premierships in the Queensland Cup, 11 and 12, and assistant coach of the Roosters, 2013, when they won the comp. Won a comp in 2015 at the North Queensland Cowboys, that great grand final. Mm. And, and probably one of his greatest moments as a coach is a losing grand final when he, he took the Cowboys through to a grand final without Matt Scott and without Jonathan Thurston as well to, to be able to come from you know the bottom eight and then take on Melbourne on grand final day and, not come away with the win, but yeah, that was a huge achievement for him. And uh, yeah, certainly a lot of good memories on the field as a coach and and also as a uh, most notably a player as well. But yeah, he's his family and friends and a lot of people who are were close acquaintances with him. There was a few thousand people there today to say farewell. Yeah, and it probably took a bloke who, uh, by rights, should almost be an immortal himself in Alfie Langer that denied him the ability to wear that maroon jersey a, a few more times. But they had a great friendship uh, as well. So we, again, send our condolences and our best wishes to uh, the Green family. Mate, this round, um, it, it shapes up brilliantly, doesn't it? I want to start with the Melbourne Storm, of course, uh, down here. But that loss to the Roosters in one of the, the nastiest and uh, quite a spiteful game um, at Amy uh, last week. Uh, it, it had everything, this game. Storm just coming and coming and coming. But the Roosters' defence was phenomenal. Just held them out, held them out. And uh, the Roosters are on a tear and they locked in their finals berth. And now the Storm have a 5th v 4th battle that's at the Eels home ground. They're 7 out of their last 10 there at Combank Stadium. It, this is a battle for a double chance, so it couldn't have ended uh, any better. Um, well, for, for, for the rugby league fan to see that 4th spot's going to be decided by the two teams battling it out. Um, this is going to be a must-watch. It, it is. It is. It's, it's interesting how both codes, the way that the last round plays out. Yeah, you know, we saw that you know, amazing finish. One of the great modern-day games with Carlton and and Collingwood and you know, Carlton being knocked out and the Western Bulldogs sitting there watching, mm. waiting for their fate. And it could play out this weekend as well. Um, that game you're talking about, that was a throwback last week to, to the dark ages where it was basically the rule book got thrown out and everyone just went hammer and tong. It's great to watch. It's so great to watch if players aren't injured in the process. But um, I think everyone sat back and salivated watching that, Sammy. And then you know, this weekend, you know, with Thursday night, the way that's played out, like you said, with fourth place of Parramatta and Melbourne and then you've got South versus the Roosters which is, yeah, there are arch enemies there's, there's bitter rivals and they're opening Allianz Stadium, the brand new Sydney football stadium that is being opened on Friday night with that game and and then you you go forward two days to Sunday the very last round of 
the regular season, the, the Tigers are hosting the Canberra Raiders. Now, if the Broncos beat the Dragons on Saturday night, well, the Raiders have to beat the Tigers on Sunday to play in the finals. So uh, they'll know their fate either way on Saturday night, the, the Raiders. At the moment, they're sitting eighth. But the way it's playing now, it, it could go down to the last game of the regular season. And we wouldn't have it any other way, would we? No, it's brilliant. You couldn't have scripted it any better, especially with the, the Rabbitohs and the Roosters opening up Alliance. The Book of Feuds gets to write another chapter. Yeah, but it'll be interesting this weekend. It looks as though there's going to be a couple of clubs like the Panthers are looking at resting anywhere up to 12 or 13 players playing the Cowboys in Townsville this weekend. And, and then you've got uh, South and the Roosters who may rest some players as well because they could face each other again in the in week one of the finals. So it's going to be interesting how it plays out. But I, I would think Latrell will play this week. Because he's missed so much footy, I think they need to get as much footy in him as possible before the finals. See, that's really interesting, and, and we have a pre-finals buy now because that happened in 2015 where Ross Lyon, uh, Chris Scott from Frio and Geelong respectively rested a heap of players because they knew that they had their ladder positions locked in. So the Panthers know because they're a couple of games clear that they're going to finish on top, but, but the Cowboys are in third. They get a win there, and if the Sharks lose to the Knights, well, then that's a home final. So I don't know if the Sharks would be all that happy with the Panthers resting a ton of players, which gives an incredible leg up to the Cowboys to possibly jump up in a second. And I wonder, Sats, whether that's something that the NRL needs to look at and, and, and maybe prevent. Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? You know, if they're legitimately injured, well, you, you can't have any qualms on the, on the club at all. You've just got to say, if you've got, to, if you've got to rest players, you've got to rest players. But then the NRL's got this, you know, got this position where if the quality players aren't being thrown out there in the last game of the regular season, well... You know, viewing numbers are going to be down, attendance numbers are going to be down, whatever it may be. So it's a, it's a bit of a conundrum, actually. But uh, at the end of the day, the clubs worry about themselves and, and they don't worry about anyone else. So I think the Sharks, I think they'll lock in a home final. I think they'll finish second. Um, I don't think they'll have any problems with the Knights. And it's actually it's actually a good pressure point to be involved with the Sharks because you know, they haven't played finals. They haven't sat this high for many years. So to be sitting second and, and be able to, confronted with a situation where they've got a better team that should not bother them at all. And the way that Newcastle are playing, Sharks could be able to beat them blindfolded at the moment. So, you know, it's, a, it's another good test for their new coach, Craig Fitzgibbon, just to say, don't worry about anyone else. Let's just go and do the job. If we go and do the job, we get a home final. Simple as that. If you worry about anyone else and, you know, worrying about numbers and, and statistics and so on against, if you're worrying about that, well, you're not in a really good headspace to play finals. Sats, last one. What on earth? And this is a massive question. The, the answer to this could probably, you and I, well, you alone could probably do a podcast on this. What on earth has happened to the Broncos? Round 19, they're sitting fourth. They had one of the best defences, top four defence in the competition. They only allowed under three and a half tries a game. That's blown out to double that since round 19. They've just been thumped by the Storm and the Eels and collectively led 113 points through. Their coach has finally, Kevy Walters, who everybody knows and everybody loves, has finally read them the Riot Act. Players have complained about that. That's forced club legends Gordon Tallis, Steve Renoff, um, Corey Parker, Darren Lockie to all come out and absolutely wipe the floor with those players that complain. Kevy asked them to show some heart. He called them soft. All of these things were true, and, and a lot of the players have said, yeah, it's the spray we deserve. Corey Oates has said so. Paddy Carrigan um, has said so as well. 
the, the, the uh, derailing and off the rails and an implosion, these are words that don't even do it's ju- it justice. What can, can you put your finger on what the hell has happened to the Broncos who are now in ninth and need Wests to beat the Raiders and for themselves to beat St George to even make finals now? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's such a successful club. You know, one of the real powerhouses of the comp, Sammy. Um, quite simply, yeah, they've really missed Paddy Carrigan, who's matured to be one of the, the real form forwards and, and form leaders uh, in the competition. When he got suspended, they they derailed. Uh, he just he stabilises them. He does a lot of work in the middle along with Payne Haas and carries a lot of the loads. And they lose him the suspension, they start to derail a little bit. And then you've got a lot of young players that have played a lot of rugby league this year, including Origin. And you've got guys like Payne Haas that are carrying two shoulder injuries, two AC joint injuries, which are really painful and... and um, and uncomfortable to play with. And you've got a lot of young players that play a lot of footy. They're just running on teams at the moment. And then you've got, at the other end of the, the broader end of the spectrum, you've got you've got Adam Reynolds, who's 32 years of age. He's only suffered a few lower back and hamstring injuries over the years. He's, he's not as nimble as what he once was. And he's at the other end, and you've got Kurt Capel as well, you know, the experienced player as well. They're playing with injuries. They're running on fumes as well. So quite frankly... They're basically just redlining the Brisbane Broncos. They're redlining at the moment, and they don't have the depth in their squad to be able to fill in for those key players. So, at the moment, they're just—it's all hands on deck. So it's just do your best. And unfortunately, they're coming up against clubs that are priming for the finals. And as they prime for the finals, they're coming up against this Broncos side that are that are basically they're gassed out and um, and can't wait for the end of the season to come. Now, in relation to Kevy calling them soft and the way they played. Apparently, it was leading up to the Parramatta game after that that shellacking they got by the Melbourne Storm, and then he backed it up after the Parramatta game as well. We saw how animated he was. I'm led to believe the complaints from two players is not actually factual. I think it's something that has actually been uh, been created um, by by journo's in and around Brisbane to create a bit of a storm. I, I don't think there's been there's been any blows by any players directly. There might have been some players that thought that Kevy might have been a little bit harsh in his in his words, but there was no direct, no direct um, belittling of players um, to the point where these players have complained. So, yeah, um, but the only thing they can do is answer. They can just answer the call this week against the Dragons and finish off a, the season on the best possible note they can, and and see if fate falls on their side. Uh, come if they beat the Dragons, come Sunday afternoon with the Tigers and the Raiders. That's why we go to your sats, because you, you sift through all the inconsequential stuff and you get to the heart of the matter and you drop bombshells for us. Uh, we cannot wait for this final round, mate. If you can't give a spray after those two weeks, then I don't know what you can give a spray for if you're a coach in this day and age. Mate, we'll chat to you during finals. Can't wait for this weekend. Enjoy, and we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, anytime, Sammy. Scotty Sattler with us on the Sporting Capital. After this, our resident expert in sports media from Holmes Glen. He is the course leader of the sports degrees at Holmes Glen. Dr. Sam Duncan will join us to finish out the Sporting Capital this evening. You're listening to the Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. As we do every Tuesday, it's time to check in with our resident sports media expert. Uh, you can upskill your career, learn more, do more at Holmes Glen. He's the course leader of the sports degrees at Holmes Glen, Dr. Sam Duncan. Hello, mate. G'day, Sam. Good to be with you. Now, explain this to me. 
the AFL's greatest marketing asset is the game itself. 100%, Sam. I mean, it's been an incredible season. I heard you off the top in the Macca's run needing reassurance, perhaps, that this weekend was going to be a great weekend of footy, and it should be because it's been quite a phenomenal uh, season. And, I mean, it's, it's had compelling narratives throughout. And from a marketing perspective, that's what you want. But when the AFL looks at the, the makeup of the top eight, that'd be wrapped. I mean, they have a representation from every state uh, except for South Australia. They'd be very happy to see Sydney in there, Sam, because when Sydney make grand finals, the ratings are generally huge. There was a time before COVID, and I think even considering the prime time COVID grand finals, that Sydney, the highest rating or the most watched grand finals included Sydney five out of six times. The most watched being back in 96 when the Swans made the grand final. And of course, that was the first time they'd done so for a very long time. And then the you know West Coast grand finals and then the 2016 grand final against the Bulldogs, which was also a compelling narrative. And that's because Sydney is the biggest market in Australia. And when the Swans are in the grand final, they'll watch and and when they're not, well, they might not. Uh, And then there's Collingwood, and then there's Richmond and Geelong and Melbourne, and and as I said, representation from Queensland and Western Australia too. So the AFL, I think, would be very happy, and they'd be getting ready for some bumper ratings, which has come at the perfect time because we're getting to the pointy end of the, the media broadcasting rights, and I think this season has helped them sell the game to the broadcasters more than anything else could. So storylines, narratives, and you mentioned Collingwood. They've probably been one of the great stories of this season, and someone got offended before with me saying that it's luck, and I mean that in no uh, disrespect because there is an element of luck, and luck comes and goes, but it just hasn't really left Collingwood at all this year, and their box office, they've been one of the best teams, if not the best team to watch uh, this season, and the stories that they have been able to tell, and the wins they've been able to, to conjure up, the rabbits they've been able to pull out of particular hats... Um, that is what been one of the great stories this year, and it pains me to say it. Scott Pendlebury even saying now that he thinks that Collingwood are people's second team. Um, but we do love Craig <laughs> McRae, so who knows? Hey, um, goodbye to the bye. Explain this to me. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, we talk about what a phenomenal round 23 it was and narratives and high drama and ratings of 1.1 million people tuning in on a Sunday afternoon to watch Collingwood and Carlton. And, you know, the, the game was very much on a high with so, mo- so much momentum. And then we pause. And so the question is, did they take a PR and marketing hit? Did they miss an opportunity or do they miss an opportunity to capitalise and to keep the casual viewer perhaps enthralled and watching? Uh, And that depends on which way you look at it. I mean, this is a great case study in how you measure PR and who you're prioritising when it comes to your stakeholders. Because, for example, if we had a weekend of footy last week in the finals, would we have launched AFLW? And if we had launched AFLW last week in amongst the first week of the finals, what would that do for the AFLW brand? I mean, I reckon there'd be a lot of people from the AFLW who were on an absolute high after the weekend, feeling pretty flat that a lot of people were saying how boring the weekend was without it. Then you've got grassroots footy, who we know are not happy that there's a big game scheduled on Saturday afternoon, but last week was perfect for them. People encouraged to go down there and watch... Um, so, you know, perhaps the buy has, you know, many PR and marketing wins, just not for the AFL men's game, uh, but for 
you know, the game at the lower levels and, of course, the AFLW. Plus, you know, we've all heard the stats that it's now no guarantees that the teams in the top two or the top four will make their way through to prelim and grand finals. Maybe that's exactly what the AFL wants, speaking of great narratives Mm. and close contests and equalisation. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a case study and saying, right, which, which stakeholders are we prioritising and, you know, who wins from the weekend? I think overall, uh, if the AFLW has their moment in the sun uh, and it's good for grassroots footy uh, and every final bar one so far this upcoming weekend is sold out, then I think there's more wins than losses from the buy. And you've sent me through some info that with the four new teams coming in in AFLW, that's three to four million new AFLW fans to engage in it. And it's an emotional connection that people need. So you're an Essendon fan. I'm a Hawthorne fan. We didn't have teams. We do now. And then we are, and I always have been, but from a fan point of view, now you're reinvested from that perspective as well, which is a great thing. We run out of time, Sammy, but I think you're onto something about Sydney. Obviously, the numbers back that up. And why I think the numbers will be massive for Sydney this year is we still wait with bated breath to know whether this is Buddy Franklin's last turnout in the red and white. If he's finishing up there at the end of this season, then I think we'll get even more eyes on that because he's been one of the greatest marketing tools that Sydney Swans have ever been able to tap into. That investment absolutely worth its weight in gold for them. It might not got him a premiership, but it gave them everything else and more. So that will be a story to be told and to be followed throughout the finals as well. Mate, we'll chat to you next week. Looking forward to it, Sam. Enjoy the weekend of footy. Sam Duncan, study sports, business, health, all building and construction. Apply now, learn more, do more at Holmes Glen. Dr. Sam Duncan, who heads up all the sports degrees at Holmes Glen. That's it from us on the Sporting Capital. Take, thank you for all your calls and texts. Off the tee is up next. Nick Ahern standing by. Big, big golfing news. Don't miss that. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.